everyone, and welcome to episode 105 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. Thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as what we watched or played over the weekend. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. My name is Craig, and I know that you guys never see this or hear this, but I want everybody to know that the clap-ins that Barry does are top-notch. Maybe <laughs> if I feel confident enough, I'll leave it in there. Maybe, but... That was a top-notch one that you just did. I just want everybody to know that, even though they never hear it. <laughs> Well, I guess, well, it's only for me, so I'll just, it yep. might just be for me, the one thing I have left. Everybody's going to be asking for it now, but like, what are they talking about? That's only in our $100 Patreon subscription. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, <laughs> we need to set up a Patreon for $100. Yep. 50 bucks gets you like the clap I do at the end, but the $100 okay. gets you the one in the beginning, and that's yeah, always and that's the, the... That's the one you really want. Yeah, that's the freshest one. <laughs> no practice or anything, but let's go ahead and get into the news for this week. Yeah. Uh, first up, what I noticed is by the time this goes up, like it's not going to matter anymore. But Cyberpunk was being sold for five bucks. Yeah. Um. Now, I didn't hate Cyberpunk that much. I don't think you hated it either. I think both nope. of our opinions were pretty like middle ground. Like, you know, there are goods and bads to the game, just as most have. And uh, five bucks, I think, is a steal for Cyberpunk. And uh, apparently you were able to buy this game for five bucks and then sell it to GameStop for like a <laughs> dollar profit or something like that. So I can't imagine all of the money moogles that have went out and cleared their local Best Buys because that's what was selling it at five bucks and then went to their GameStop and went here, buy this now. Yeah, I I don't know what the limit is on trading one type of game into a GameStop, but if it's only a dollar you're making, I don't think it's worth it, right? Probably not, because that doesn't even include tax. And yeah, then, yeah. And then on top of that, too, you would probably be selling it for in-store credit to get that mm -hmm. um, uh, to get that profit. If you were to take cash, you're probably losing money at that point. So. Yeah. But yeah, five dollars is a uh, I think it's a good deal. I do not really I didn't hate the game. I didn't think it was great, but like that's a solid 30, 40 hour game right there for five bucks. That's a that's a phenomenal deal. Yeah, there there is plenty of of fun to be had with that game for the amount of hours it gives you. Uh, like I remember this one YouTube channel uh, called Funhouse did like a one dollar one hour thing, and it's like every every hour you played the game, it was like worth a dollar to them. And like if you play this game for five hours, you're making a killing here because there's more than five hours of content in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. But even I, look I get. I guess if you were to buy it now for five and, and wait or hope that that next gen update actually ends up coming through um, and promising, you know, delivers on its promise, then I guess it would be worth it to do it that way. I thought it did come out. Yeah, but I don't think they're done or maybe oh, they okay. just gave up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do wonder whether or not because there was a whole plan for Cyberpunk 2077 where there was supposed to be DLC and all this stuff. And I do wonder whether or not they're going to keep their word for that stuff, whether or not, you know, we will actually see the DLC, because for the most part, the game's kind of been washed to the side. If unless you're talking about it, nobody really remembers it unless it, unless they remember it for the catastrophic failure that that launch was. Yeah, that that game's been dead and buried for over a year now. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> not that I wouldn't like if it was free DLC, I might check it out depending on what it is. But I mean, I still have my copy. I'm assuming you do too, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. So we're all set. We paid 60. Yeah. I didn't feel like I got gypped with 60. I thought it was fair. No. Yeah. I thought like for the most part, no matter what ending you pick, like especially on my end, because I think I played through like two or three different endings. Uh, like they're all pretty like climactic. And like, I've always mm -hmm. said that like the ending of a game is pretty paramount of uh, the three endings that I played. were all like, yeah, this is pretty. And like th these are fun, like these feel yeah. like a momentous occasion in a way. So, yeah, if we keep, if we keep talking about this somewhere, some way, Rachel's going to show up in some yeah, one of probably. our backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Did you <laughs> say mean, cyberpunk? Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> uh, all right. So other piece of news that this one was super exciting to me, fresh off the success of the Alan Wake remaster. We are going to get Max Payne one and two, not remaster, remake. And yeah. I could not be happier. I love Max Payne one and two and three. 
Um, so super pumped. I know it said early, early talks, so probably not for a couple of years, but you know, I'll be buying that day one. I never played those games. I think I think I might have been too young when they came out mm-hmm. or maybe I just didn't. I have a feeling that. I think Max Payne three was like on the verge of like my Call of Duty days and maybe I just got lost in the shuffle. But I do know it's a like a cult fan favorite toward a lot of people. And if that's how it's going to be, uh, maybe who knows? I might try it. The grandfather, this is Max Payne. One was the game that invented bullet time. Um, the slow-mo aspect that a bazillion games use nowadays. So yeah, yeah, you can thank all the other games can thank Max Payne. And I thought the story was always really cool. So I'm excited that other people will get to experience it because going back and playing the, it now, gameplay wise, doesn't really hold up that well. Well, what were the even the games about? Um, he is a detective. Uh, it's like a crime noir. The cutscenes were all done comic book style. They were very stylish. It was really cool. Um, it was basically about finding the drug V um, it has to do with his family being dead. There's a lot going on. Just think of like a gritty uh, cop movie. Okay. Is, and it's what they were going for. And then it was just like him facing off against humans. It wasn't yeah. like, I, I'm, I think I'm mixing it with like the Constantine series yeah. where it was like fighting against demons. And well, the Max, like the Max Payne movie with Mark Wahlberg, which was terrible. Uh-huh. He, they had him fighting some supernatural creatures. There was never that in the game when they were on V, which was the drug. They were kind of, not inhuman, but like crazy. So I think that's okay. why they went that way in the movie. Don't watch the movie at all, ever. That movie sucks. The pro- don't, the don't really yep. plan on it. <laughs> but the games are phenomenal. Um, one of, I think if you were to do like, I'm trying to be fair here. Let's say like top 50 games of all time for me. Max. Oh, Payne. okay. Yep. Cool. Well, I'll probably have to check it out because it sounds like it sounds like it um it sounds like it did a lot for its time. It just that it, it just missed me. So mm-hmm. next up on my list is uh, good news for Activision. A- Activision QA testers got bonuses and a raise. Uh, there's been a lot going on about the kind of the way like gaming. Gaming people are paid just because there's a lot of crunch and then people are sleeping in offices, not getting paid overtime for crunch. And then on top of it, too it kind of links with the story about IGN, like hiring freelancers for $20 a story. And I can't tell you like the discussions my friends and I got into because they asked me about it because, you know, I, I was a broadcast journalism major and you know, it's just nice to have some good news for Activision for once and to see that uh, like QA testers, especially because a lot of people undermine like their performance recent, like as of recent, because so many games are coming out broken in states and feel like they're not quality tested enough that Activision is going, OK, here you guys are. Here's, you know, some a bonus and a raise for you yeah. guys. And hopefully this means that. Like those people are getting paid, you know, a better amount, of course, and are happy and have make a livable wage, but that it also maybe steers a trend in the industry in a better way for QA testers. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now, too, because I thought I saw they said that the QA testers were getting. Yeah, they're going to become full time employees. Yeah, um, which is huge. I remember like fresh out of high school and I was all about trying to get into the gaming industry. And I was like, oh, QA tester. And everything I always looked up was like freelance right there was no it wasn't like yeah you can get hired at sony as a qa tester for seven dollars an hour it was like no we'll pay you twenty dollars to test this for two hours and that's it so i'm glad to see that they're gonna have qa testers can have some sort of stable income it's very cool yeah um all right some more delay news because there's at least one every week at this point um, two point campus, which was supposed to come out next month is now pushed to August. Um, I was moderately excited for this two point hospital was great. I enjoy that type of sim game. Um, it's just kind of a bummer, but again, it's more of, you know, they just said we need the time. It's not ready. We don't want to put out an unfinished product, which I get. Um, but just add it to the list this year. Yeah, I, I haven't played any of the two point games, even though it's probably something I would like. Like it's on Game Pass, you, two point hospital. Well, like, would you compare it like and it? W- of course, it wouldn't be as fun, but like to Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yep. 
in it's, a way. It's almost like that. Yep. Yeah, just because like I remember playing the old Roller Coaster Tycoon and like I loved those games because yep. like now Roller Coaster Tycoon or like the more recent iterations of it just feel like it's too much sim and trying to manage everything other than just trying to, you know, make it very simple and easy to do. Is Two Point Campus like a lot easier? Uh, yeah, like so simple? Two Point Hospital was the reimagining of Theme Hospital, which I played a ton of when I was a kid. Um, basically you just have like you're running a hospital obviously um and you're just building like the size of the rooms inside of the hospital what you want to put inside the rooms and then you're hiring like the doctors and the nurses just like you did in roller coaster tycoon with like your engineers and your, your janitors yeah your yeah. janitor um this is the same thing with two point campus except you're running a university instead of a hospital um, so obviously you're going to be building like your dormitories and your classrooms and all that kind of stuff. So uh, those games are such a good time waster for me. I can spend like hours. Um, yeah. I don't, I usually play them for like a couple weeks, then forget about them and then come back a couple months later. So for sure, like check out two point hospital for now it's on game pass, um, console and PC. I would recommend PC. Um, it's easier, but either way, definitely check it out. Yeah, might have to. Uh, it is announced that a new Tomb Raider is being worked on and is going to be released in Unreal Engine 5. Uh, that was, of course, an engine that was um, kind of been recently teased because The Witcher is also being made on it. But the Tomb Raider series comes as a kind of a surprise because we were told after the trilogy that they weren't going to be making yep. uh, anymore. But Tomb Raider is a popular enough franchise that I think you can just kind of pump one out after another, but maybe... I know the trilogy that was like recently kind of completed, like had a storyline to it. Yep. Maybe now they're just going to do something that's completely, you know, separate branch from those things. Hopefully, uh, I yeah. good. I was gonna say I've always liked the Tomb Raider franchise. It's a, it's it's pretty much Uncharted as well. Like you know, both of them have their merit and both do things really well. I think, uh, but Uncharted just nice to well, sorry, Tomb Raider. It's just nice to see that come back. <laughs> Yeah, the um that trilogy I really really loved. That last game I think kind of killed the momentum. The third one in that trilogy, and I don't remember what it was called, Tomb Raider Shadow, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, I beat all three of them. I enjoyed all three of them, but by the time you got to the third one, it was when they were doing what games are doing now by shoving a whole bunch of side stuff in it. Um, whereas Tomb Raider for me, like Uncharted, should be a very linear experience. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully they get back to that. Um, I'm excited. I'm sure it'll look beautiful if it's on Unreal Engine 5. And I'm also going to assume it's probably like three or four years out at least. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I couldn't remember if we mentioned this last week or not, so I'll just bring it up again. But uh, I wanted to mention that Kirby won a Grammy. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Won Best Arrangement for Meta Knight's Revenge. I thought that was kind of cool for it to get a Grammy. Um, that's a big deal. Yeah, even the uh, creator of Kirby, I think it was uh, Masahiro Sakurai, mm -hmm. uh, like went out and was like, oh, we won a Grammy. <laughs> like he had no clue that the, uh, that Kirby had won something good for good for Kirby, though. Good for gaming. I think they said this is maybe the second time that this has happened okay. uh, or maybe third time. But in recent history, it's kind of nice to see that this is we do have one in recent history here with Kirby. Is so, the is the music good in it? Because I still haven't played it. Forbidden Lands is yeah, it's yeah. good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, the the particularly the Meta Knight one is I, I would say is a, is a pretty good, you know, arrangement that they okay. that they assembled with there. But the again like that game I can't say enough is like, it is so much like new Super Mario 3D World, in a way that I just love. I love how it plays and I love how much fun I'm having with it. Sweet. Uh, last thing for me is going to be a new Monkey Island game uh, is being worked on. And then the creator of said uh, Monkey Monkey Island games is like went on Twitter and said, people stop talking about it so I can go back to work on it. It was kind <laughs> of a weird, funny arrangement. But Monkey Island was such a strange game for me. Like, I remember playing it, but I definitely didn't have the brain power to be playing Monkey Island. I had no idea, and I still have no idea what that game was. Yeah. Those, like, I don't know if you call them... I mean, they're adventure games, but, like, kind of point-and-click or whatever, or you had to, like, type in commands. I was never good at those games, mostly because 
when those were in their heyday, I was still kind of young. Um, so I didn't quite, just like you said, like I couldn't comprehend what they wanted me to do. And a lot of it was trial and error. So I've heard nothing but good things about Monkey Island, but I just have never been able to get into that style of game. So hopefully it's good. I'm sure people are going to be excited for it, but I personally probably will not be. I want to try it again. Like the one that I played, I remember was like a 3D adventure type thing. Maybe it was their first foray into it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it exactly being a good game, but I do remember that I never got past the first level because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> so, yeah, I I, I want to see that game come out and just see and, and, you know, just play it to see if it's anything like what I remember playing as a kid, because like it had the whole pirate theme to it and it looked like it was supposed to be fun. And like the whole pirate theme was kind of nuanced to that age before assassin's creed black flag and all of the pirate of the caribbean movies and before you know pirates got played out yeah true yeah we'll have to see i i can't imagine that game will take that long to complete maybe a year or two um but yeah hats off to them for going back to what works but do you have any more news stories i have two uh related to movies so that's a good good that we ran out of gaming stuff um first one sonic 2 is out right did that come yep. out on Friday um, uh, or is it this Friday? I, I think I it's know. this Friday for being honest. Okay. I was looking at showtimes for it to try to see it today and I couldn't. OK, uh, I didn't see any, at least in our area. OK, um, so uh, there was kind of talks. I had seen a Jim Carrey interview where he had said that after this movie, he was going to consider retiring from acting. Um, they did come out today and say that if they do make a Sonic 3, they will not recast Dr. Robotnik if Jim Carrey retires, which is very good news. I think that's the right thing to do. Um, my guess is if they make another one, they can probably convince him to come back. It seems like he enjoys doing these movies. At least do at least for a trilogy. I mean, right. like they right. and we haven't seen the new one yet, so we have no idea where it leads. Right. But um, I, I've I really like I really like the first movie and I think yeah. I'm going to like the second one as well. And. Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik has kind of like is a highlight of these movies, I believe. Yeah. Um, it'll be sad to like in general, it'll be sad to see him retire just because he's so much like. I know a lot of people love Will Ferrell like a mm-hmm. lot, but I like for me, I grew up with Jim Carrey, like Ace Ventura. Yep. Like those movies were like the funniest thing to me when I was young. Like fun with Dick and Jane was a banger, even though I don't think that like that movie was particularly liked. I don't think it was areas. Yeah, the mask, Uh, the mask, the Harry Truman show. Is that? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was, right? Yeah, Yeah. the Truman Mm -hmm. show. So it's like it's weird to like probably even imagine him retiring just because I feel like he plays the Dr. Robotnik like character like he's so young again, like it's 90s. I just wish like he I wish you know how like Coach K and basketball did a retirement tour. I want Jim Carrey to do like, OK, here's <laughs> here's one more mask. Here's one more Ace Ventura before I retire. Like I think he knows that it's probably not a good idea to go back to those at this point would be my guess. Um, probably. I would, love, I would love to see another Ace Ventura, but I would imagine it probably wouldn't be very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's it's definitely not the same sort of vibe and like the same. Those right. movies got away with a lot. Before. They did. Yeah, <laughs> they so. did. That time frame when you had H. Ventura, you had Austin Powers. Yeah, um, it was just that type of comedy, I guess, would still work. But it was just that era. It worked so well. Yeah, it did. Uh, and then the last movie news that I have is this past week we had Morbius come out. And uh, two things here. One, according to reviews and everybody, it sucks. And two. It still made money anyway. Thirty nine million this past weekend on horrible reviews. So apparently people did not care that it got reviewed horribly and they still went to see it, which is interesting. Maybe it's like this year's Venom or something like that. Of course, I don't know how much it took to make Morbius. So like you say, thirty nine million. Did it make a profit? Did you I think it was like 20 something that it cost to make. Oh, so OK. It, so it, yeah, it did make money. Um, yeah, I. I have no desire to see this movie in theaters. I will watch it when it comes out like digital or Blu-ray or whatever. But I think we all knew it wasn't going to be great. Um, but apparently it's real bad. <laughs> I wonder if at this point people kind of wonder whether or not it's like a Jared Leto thing or whether or not it's the director. Yep. thing. I have nothing against Jared Leto to be completely 
completely honest. Like, mm-hmm. done nothing really wrong in my eyes to like deserve maybe the hate that his two movies get, but like his Suicide Squad Joker gets a lot of hate for DC movies, and then for Morbius now, it's like okay, now this sucked too. So. Yeah. I don't I, I want to think it's not Jared Leto. Maybe it's just the directors, but, you know, hopefully he's not getting reamed over too much for this. If, I guess the, I guess we made a profit. It has to be OK. Uh, yeah, I mean, from everything I've read and talked to people I know who have seen it, it's not good. Um, some people have been throwing around the worst Marvel movie ever made, which is interesting because there's some pretty bad ones out there. Well, to be fair, Morbius didn't get a lot of like the hype that. No. You know, for example, the Doctor Strange movie is getting mm-hmm. like it's almost like Marvel went and eh, we kind of know what this is or something like that. And yeah, did that. and this is this is Sony, too. Right. Yeah. So like this is I mean, I get it. Sony has Spider-Man. I think they're getting too confident because of Spider-Man and being like, oh, well, we have Venom and we have Morbius. And like, that's fine. But you're not they're not putting the same care into their movies that the normal Marvel movies are getting. At least I don't think so. Yeah, and I guess we I guess this thing probably made money to see whether or not because the movie was originally delayed and then yeah. people were thinking, oh, like so one of the Spider-Men's are getting their like sh- scenes reshot or is being added to the movie. So I kind of wonder, like I'm intrigued whether or not that stuff's actually true mm-hmm. to see whether or not one of those things is added to the Morbius movie to revive one of the two previous Spider-Men. But you know, I, I feel bad for Morbius in a way. It, it feels weird to say, but I, I don't know. Like people who review these movies are so much smarter with movies than I am. And I just go to be like, did I have fun? Yeah. And then it's okay, so. <laughs> yeah. And again, neither one of us have seen it, obviously. But just going off the trailers, it's interesting to me that like the way this movie looks like and we'll talk about it later. But Moon Knight, which is a TV show, looks better. Yeah. Than a, a, 20 25 million dollar movie it's crazy yeah but then uh we're gonna go to games this week yeah that's good and for games this week for me it's going to be lego star wars the rise of skywalker that's what it's no, no way it's, it's not the that. skywalker is, saga Hold skywalker on. saga that Sky, is it. skywalker yeah it's backwards but there you go skywalker saga and then for me i also played mlb the show 22 what did okay. you play greg a whole bunch of Skywalker saga. And I will say that I did finish Ghostwire Tokyo. Okay. So I'll start on MLB, the show, and then sure. you'll do Ghostwire and we'll go and then we'll talk about Legos. MLB, the show 22. Uh, did you buy it? I, or did you download it? No, I downloaded off game it. Pass. Okay. Yeah. All off right. of game pass. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. And this is going to be the same with all sports games and so many other places are reiterating it. So I don't know how much I can really hammer this home as well as they can. But these yearly games have just become a shoe in for. okay, I don't even think anything of note was being is is added to this like MLB the show, like because these things are yearly releases. They don't have a lot of time to upgrade it, do a lot with the system or like, you know, exponentially change the game. But, you know, this is a good old fashioned baseball game. Uh, I I tend to like the show one because I can set it to arcade mode and I have a lot more fun like with baseball when it's not so slow. Yeah. And me playing on the Arizona Diamondbacks, I get to start really early because the Arizona Diamondbacks suck. So. Uh, like that, like, but those are benefits in my eyes, not so much to the entire crowd. Like it is, it, it is still just a baseball game. I, it still looks good. I think the presentation is very good, but all of these games now, all they ever care about, especially like sports games right now, all they ever care about is getting the microtransaction portion of things where, you know, you're buying into the di- their diamond dynasty thing and you're collecting cards and building up your team and whatnot and like to those people that like do that stuff like i get it like it is like highly addictive i once was with fifa but if we ever want to see change in these games and i will say g4 tv did an excellent one with nba 2k you should watch it craig you probably like it Mm -hmm. but 
like they did an excellent point with like, you know, I and we'll reiterate it. Start voting with your wallet. Stop supporting these game modes like. I I feel like the only reason you should be ever be playing these game modes is if you're making money off of it, like YouTubers are and uh, Twitch streamers are with like the FIFA Ultimate Team or with um, Madden Ultimate Team or like any of the Ultimate Team or Diamond Dynasty type things. If you're making money, if if you're making money on it, I understand. But why why wouldn't you just go into, you know, your franchise mode and then just get all the players you want, like go in there and just make yourself like (laughs) enter God mode and just switch rosters around if you really wanted to. I get playing online and there's this fun like aspect of those games, but they are what solely drive the the sports gaming market today. And if that never changes, we're never going to get, you know, games of old. And, you know, like I still have it. I still have my old copy of like ESPN 2K5 with Terrell (laughs) Owens on it because that was like the greatest football game I ever played, like hands down. And a part of me one day wants like sports games to reach that level again. But, you know, and that being said, MLB The Show is just like a regular good old, you know, it is a good baseball game, but there I feel like there it added really nothing to the experience here to make people want to go. Yeah, I need to buy this version over last year's. So it's uh, pulling a Madden. Well, and they've well, and they've been doing that, you know, last year, last year was a big upgrade for MLB because it was their first time on the next gen consoles. And I felt like that was a big enough jump that it was worth it. And it's too bad because I love Shohei Otani. Like he is a really fun baseball player to watch that's on the Angels. And he's the cover athlete. They did all this promo stuff for it. But it it just kind of sucks that the game that he's like cover athlete for just didn't really do anything new this year. Like I've I've looked at it. There are like new improvements to the show and Diamond Dynasty, of course. But yeah. there's there's nothing extraordinary there is like graphics didn't suddenly go up in presentation like the graphics still look the same the crowd is kind of dull in a way but still like 3d animated and unless you're like creating your own baseball stadium then the only thing you're really playing is franchise or road to the show or any or any of like the typical game modes that haven't changed in years did you play road to the show on this one yet I have. Okay. Is it any different than last year's? It's a little bit more streamlined. Uh, Like last year's, I kind of felt like I was in my menus a lot Mm -hmm. and that some things weren't clear to how to like get to the next level or use my points or, um, or like to change position. Like I felt myself a lot of the time confused by like the menus, but it's still the same crap where you're collecting VC because it's just like 2K where you're collecting virtual currency to buy a baseball bat that gives mm. you two plus more on contact hits. And it's like, come on like this. Yeah. This kind of sucks <laughs> um, to like hide that stuff behind a paywall. But this is again, why we need to be voting with our wallets more with these sports games. I love sports games and all I ever want them to do is be good. Yep. And they just seem to just now be these money vacuuming franchises where all they care about is, getting the quick buck from diamond dynasty over a player like me who just wants to play franchise and occasionally maybe play my friends online. Yeah. I, I don't watch baseball. I follow it very, very loosely mainly because the Phillies suck. So I have no reason to pay attention. You know, they might be better this year. They got a, they got a lot of free agents. They may be better. Yeah. So like the show has never really been for me. I usually check it out every year, regardless. Um, I just haven't downloaded it yet off a of game pass, but I feel like the, like the old guy on his front porch yelling at kids to get off his lawn. But like growing up, the sports games had franchise mode and just regular play game mode. And like, that was enough, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then once we started getting like the, you know, the create your own guy and, and go through like with the show and like with 2k, 
that's when I was really bought into sports games. And I was like, oh, man, we can have a whole story. Um, but, yeah, the fact that it's hidden behind you have to actually physically put money into it. That's why I didn't even put as nearly as much time into NBA 2K this year, my player, as I normally do. because I just didn't feel like spending another hundred dollars on on a single player experience, kind of. I mean, you can play multiplayer, but and if you don't, you're just stuck with a character that's awful for 50 hours, right? Yeah. At least. Yep. Um, and on top of that, with the show, I've always found hitting to be hard. <laughs> um, and I, I think it's just, I don't play it enough to really get the nuances down. So when your player sucks, when you first start and you don't quite understand the hitting, it makes for a miserable experience. And I usually end up giving up. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite baseball game memories, and I'm going to show my age, was like MVP Baseball, which was EA. Um, mm-hmm. MVP Baseball, like, 04. And that was, like, the first year I was in college. Um, playing that with my roommates on my computer was, like, the most fun I ever had. Um, it was MVP Baseball and NBA Live, 04. But, like, we didn't need my player modes. We just played each other head-to-head. Yeah. And, like, it was the most fun ever. And like MVP baseball was super arcadey, but like I want that in a baseball game. Like, let me hit 15 home runs in a game. I'm having a blast. Yeah, like the arcade mode in MLB, the show like does make things a lot more fun and not as slow for me, because for the most part, like I turn on the dynamic difficulty setting on. So the game kind of knows when to make it harder and when I suck to make it easier. So I will admit like that is something very unique to the MLB series that I do actually like because I do feel as though the game does respond pretty quickly to like when I'm bad and not doing well compared to when I'm smoking the opponent and it's too easy because, you know, there is that there is a hard part in finding difficulty that sometimes you can't find with a sports game. You know, you want to go to. You know, the medium level on Madden is just too easy. You're going undefeated. But the moment you get to the next level, it just gets way too hard. and You can't do it anymore or you're just not having fun. So it's it's it it does that very well, the dynamic difficulty. But I just I don't see why anyone would really go and get this game unless you just really want the new rosters. And then at that point, you know. The user, like the people who play these games, like have to be saints because there are so many people who like upload the updated rosters or even in Madden do like realistic calculations for like this year's draft class. Like these are incredible people. It's just too bad that, you know, every year all that work goes to like not because a majority of people are just going to be getting the new the new version of the game. Yeah, I agree. Sports or sports games are in a bad place and they have been. And I really don't ever see it changing because we talk about it every year. Sports, <laughs> Nothing <yeah>. changes. <laughs> um, all right. So Ghostwire Tokyo, I know I've talked about this like the third week in a row. I did finish it and I will say that it is 100 percent worth your time. I thought the ending was cool um, and I had a blast playing it. Probably about 30 hours is what I put into it. I did all the side missions, but I didn't do finding all this stuff in the city. So definitely recommend it. Um, definitely not a horror game by any means, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you can handle it. Um, Probably. Some of the character models are a little creepy, but like you, uh, you see him so much. I think you just kind of get used to it. But yeah, 100 percent recommend. That's I think it'll probably end up on my list somewhere at the end of the That's- year. That's really cool. I I hope to play it once I get back, um, back toward my PS5 and stuff. I'm going to be playing <laughs> Switch for a lo- for a little while here because I'll be away from away from my systems for a week. But yep. I am I am excited to start that when I get back. Like that's probably going to be one of the first games that I get back to. Sweet. You ready to do it? Let's do it. Lego Star Wars. Lego Star Wars. The Skywalker uh, Saga. The Skywalker <laughs> Saga. Yeah. Uh. So. This and I'm not sure if it's for you. This is my first Lego game. It's not never, my first one. I never got into Legos as okay. a as a young kid. I never got into the Lego games. I do remember playing them, but it mm-hmm. was never something that I played one uh, like a full one through. And okay. with all of the new news about everything new that they did for this game, 
especially considering that they remastered all of like the old stuff and like yep. streamlined it, did a whole bunch of new reworking with the engine. I was definitely excited for this game. And for me, without saying anything yet, it has lived up to pretty good expectations. I really enjoy this game. What about you? Yeah, I've played. I think I've played every Lego game. I may have missed a couple here and there. Um, my wife is the one who 100 percent every Lego game that comes out every single one. So like currently we're battling. We probably should have bought two copies um, because <laughs> we're constantly like switching the disc back and forth. Um, yeah, not getting into like details yet, but like I think they've done a, a pretty good job here with everything. It's a lot. Yeah, like and we'll start to get into specifics now, but. I, I really think they did a good job kind of making it this over the shoulder, like third person type of cam review. Mm -hmm. Like it brings it in closer to the character. So, yeah, your field of view isn't as like far. Or you can't see everything as much. But like I really appreciate all of the detail that goes into every time I'm defeating a droid, like the droid bursts into different Lego parts and vehicles that you destroy burst and you can see the detail in all of it. And I think that has a lot to do with now that we're zoomed in and we're right over one of like the, you know, the star Wars character shoulders, I feel like we get to see and appreciate a lot more of the detail. Like for, it's a Lego game, but it is a pretty game in general. It is, yeah. it is smooth and it, it looks incredible. Yeah, I, I do think it looks very good. Um, I've had a couple issues so far. Um, I had a couple cutscenes where it just went black and I had to completely close the game. I had an okay. issue where, where it said I was like signed out and wouldn't let me do anything until I like force quit the game. Um, but that's it, which really isn't that bad. Uh, I would say my main thing with this game before I started playing it was this is a lot of movies to put into one game right when they did lego harry potter for instance they split it up into two games right the first one yeah. was year one through three and then they did five through seven or four through seven or whatever um so i was like all right how are they going to do this because if each level normally in a lego game is like between 20 and 30 minutes we're talking about like what 50 60 levels at least yeah yeah um, i was like that's a lot of time but what I found out pretty quickly is compared to normal Lego games, these levels, and I'll put them in quotations, are extremely short. Yeah, like extremely quick. short. Um, some of them are like a couple minutes and then you're done where some are a little bit longer. But uh, like so far, I like that they give you the option to pick which trilogy you want to start with. Um, yeah. Whether what's obviously like I think most people are going to go all the way to episode one and work their way through, but you don't have to. Um, I've gotten through episode one and two and I'm on three so far. Um, but there's there's so much going on in the open world sections and there's a ton of open world sections that 100 uh, percenting this game is going to take a long time. And I had to like narrow my focus in and be like, I'm just going to do the levels, just beat the game in quotations and then go back and get everything. Because if yeah, you don't, yeah. you are going to get distracted forever there's just so much going on yeah like i had a buddy a uh, buddy of mine shout out to brendan uh who's like he's played and done all of the lego games much like your wife has like has 100 completed like 100 percent of them multiple times yeah so i was asking him like hey do i need to be the person that like breaks every single box <laughs> yeah uh in order to like 100 percent this game and he he pointed out to me no that's not how it works nope. so like thank god yeah, <laughs> that, that's not what it looks like, because like I can't tell you how long I was in that first level destroying <laughs> everything, every single brick yeah. that was destroyable. And it was fun, you know, but by by the time I got to like the um, in episode one where they go underwater into like uh, Jar Jar Binks is like, I don't know, their family or their species home underwater. Yeah. I was just like, man, this is getting boring because yep. like that. Those like little hub areas are pretty big. They're um, big. <laughs> it's just like when you get to the story mode where it's a lot more streamlined and a lot more centered around. Yep. So. And a lot of the times, too, when you go after like the certain bricks uh, that you're looking for, you can't get them until you have like certain characters unlocked. So I yep. do believe like the right way to play it is to just kind of go through as you go. 
unlock buy some new characters and then come back and yep. you know have fun not only playing through the story again with different characters but also having the ability to maybe solve puzzles right yep. then and there rather than get frustrated with oh i don't think i have what i need but i don't know that kind of thing that thing can be get frustrating yeah it's it's crazy legos lego games are the only ones i can think of where the main story almost becomes like not the primary thing you're doing in the game. Like yeah. you're almost like, let me just get through it real quick so I can actually do the fun part, which is finding all these 1,166, I think bricks that you're supposed to find. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like there's a pretty detailed upgrade system. There's a lot of things you can upgrade um, even down to like upgrading each individual class of characters that you can get. Yeah. Um, the first thing I always do with Lego games is I upgrade so that all the studs um, get, I can attract them from farther away, yeah. um, get that up to level three. And then the next thing is I upgrade where it'll show where all the bricks and things are on my map. Okay. Um, so those are what I've, I've done that. Those are maxed out. So like every time I go into new world, all I see is like circles all over of like stuff I can find. And then like, I'm like, all right, now I can speed run the main game, unlock all the characters I need, come back and spend the next, 50 hours probably 100 percent yeah. in this game it's going to take a long time to get everything will, in this game for sure but it's, i'm i'm not bored of it yet i hope i don't get there um it's just there is a ton of stuff in this game to do yeah i'm just like very impressed with like for a lego game you know you kind of expect to go into it it being simple it being kid friendly mm -hmm. and it is that but it also is plenty of like fun type stuff for star wars fans to enjoy and even if maybe you don't follow Star Wars religiously, I think you'd still have fun with this. If you're somebody who doesn't like Star Wars, yeah, I don't think this game's going to be for you. Probably not. Um, but there's enough there for like a very casual Star Wars person to be like, oh, this is funny or oh, this is entertaining. Uh, the only other big uh, negative I've heard about it, and it's because I'm playing solo, so I really don't know. But <laughs> Ben Solo. Um, <laughs> the... The issue is co-op where, you know, they've now put such a big emphasis on some of the fight scenes to yep. where, you know, I saw footage um, from IGN's video video review where like if you're playing co-op and you're in um, like Revenge of the Sith's episode with the big lightsaber fight, mm -hmm. you're just a dude stuck on a you're just a CP3O stuck on a little floating platform. And all you can really do is like travel around. So yeah. that is kind of like very disheartening when it comes to like Lego games. I used to remember them being very good for co-op. Oh, yeah. And it seems like this change in the way the camera worked and their emphasis on making the boss battles feel like more epic, alive and ha are more meaningful kind of toned down or they almost forgot about, hey, sometimes you're playing with a second player uh, yeah. and can and can like ruin the experience for that one person. That's probably a fair assessment. I haven't played it co-op either. Um, but yeah, I could see that. It's always kind of been an issue, at least for me, when I play these games co-op, that like whoever the second player is, um, you can kind of get left behind a little bit. Some of the later ones, they did a good job of like splitting the camera. Like they'll split the yeah. your screen in half when you separate. Um, but yeah, I, I've always looked at these games as like a solo experience. I've never really been one to play them co-op, so it doesn't affect me as much. But I know like a lot of people like to play this like with their kids. Um, and that is kind of a bummer to hear. Yeah, but, you know, Lego Star Wars, I think from us uh, is a very uh, like both of us is a very positive game. And I wouldn't actually be surprised if this wins a couple of awards or something like at a game yeah. show or if this sneaks into somebody's top 10, because this isn't just like this isn't just like a good Lego game. This is just a good game. Like it is mm -hmm. just fun to play and. The Lego aspect just adds to the kind of quirkiness that it provides because there's like no other no other game is doing what the Lego games are doing. So it just feels <laughs> no. fresh and it feels different. Yeah, I'm having but, a ton of fun. Uh, yeah, as am I. But other than that, that's going to be it for games. Let's go ahead and get into movies and TV shows where for me, I watched uh, the first episode of Tokyo Vice, HBO Max's new special and episode two of Moon Knight. Okay. I have Moon Knight, um, the new episode of Winning Time. 
Did you watch that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. And then just yesterday, as of this recording on HBO, they released uh, Tony Hawk Until the Wheels Fall Off, which is a documentary. Um, so I watched that. Oh, that's out now. I have seen uh, that. The, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was out now. I'm going to have to watch that because I meant to. So uh, let me talk about Tokyo Vice. So sure. HBO Max is pretty much done a three episode premiere of it, and I'm only through one episode. Uh, it definitely has the feel of kind um, and Zell, I think is the actor's name is like an American who like has adapted to Japanese lifestyle and is the first American that this uh, newspaper chain is hired uh, for crime uh, uh, for like the police crime pe- uh, crime scene pieces in newspapers. And from what I can tell, it looks like something gets mixed up. He gets mixed up in the Yakuza and stuff like that. It seems like very typical Japanese type type video game or movie, to be honest. Um, my opinion of the first episode is that it's very slow. Um, I'm going to give it another episode two or here to kind of convince me to watch it. But it, it, it like it is kind of boring. Um, uh, a lot of the time and Zell's character, I think it's na- his name is Jake. It's just kind of he's trying to like figure out how to be a good reporter. So he's like figuring out that, oh, Japan doesn't report on murder. It's like nothing's a murder unless you talk to the witness or talk to somebody that says it was murder, that kind of thing. So it seems like there's a little bit of like political stuff going on with it. But like for me, I already get that by raised by wolves. So I don't (laughs) (laughs) so I don't like need it again with like another slow paced turn thing. I, I was I was initially excited for this because um, I think this had the potential to be almost like a, a like a fun Miami Vice type or like or like even not as like action movie, but kind of bad boys sort of thing where and maybe it does eventually become this where the reporter more or less becomes, you know, um, like an action guy because he's working, you know, he has to get out of the Yakuza and like fight them or something. I'm, I'm not completely sure, but you know, the, the overall, the first episode isn't the best impression I, I'll have to say. And it did leave me kind of, you know, bored to say the <laughs> least. Yeah. I wasn't particularly impressed when I watched the trailer. Um, it, I feel like HBO, they do a lot of good shows, but they have a tendency to, do these series that I just find extremely boring and like hard to pay attention to. So I wasn't overly excited. I'll wait until you watch more to tell me if it's worth watching or not. Um, I'll just kind of hang back for now. I'll let you suffer. Yeah. Yeah, Let me suffer. (laughs) I can do it. Um, So Tony Hawk until the wheels fall off. Um, I feel like at this point I've seen like 15 Tony Hawk documentaries. I have one of his books, his autobiography um, that I bought a long, long time ago. Uh, skateboarding was like my entire childhood, high school, all of it, college, like that's what I spent the most time doing. So obviously I have a, a good attachment to Tony Hawk. He was everything to me as a skateboarder. Um, this is a really cool documentary to show, you know, stuff that I already knew, but is very cool to see again about his childhood um, kind of the rise and fall of skateboarding in like the early nineties and also some of the stuff that he's been doing lately. Um, and it's done very well. There's a lot of skateboarders that appear in this that I thought was awesome seeing them now, even though they're ancient and old. I mean, I think Tony Hawk's like in his sixties now. Yeah. Um, man. And even like tying it into gaming, like even if you're not a huge skateboarding fan, those Tony Hawk games are such a huge part of everybody's childhood. Um, everybody played those games, but yeah, this is done very, very, very well. Um, I enjoyed, it's like two hours. Uh, I didn't get bored once and, uh, he's, he's great, man. So I definitely recommend it. Um, yeah, I think it went up yesterday, so it's on HBO max. You can go ahead and watch that, but solid, solid documentary. Yeah. Tony Hawk always seemed like an enigma. Yeah. In a way, because like for me, I was never like that much into skateboarding. But like you mentioned the video games like yeah. Tony Hawk Underground for me was next level. And then mm-hmm. like I spent a lot of my time playing like uh, I know it reviewed very poorly, but like the Tony Hawk Crusader six, I think it was on PS3. It was um, 
It's like the first skateboarding game for like the PS3 console. Okay. And I remember it being reviewed very poorly, but like that game was so much fun to me. And I think it's just because I didn't know any better at the time. Mm-hmm. But Tony Hawk, like to learn more about him and, you know, it, it's just like a service to him for all he's done for like the sport of skateboarding. Because even somebody like me or millions of people who aren't into skateboarding know who Tony Hawk is. Yep. Unless you're like really young and you weren't like there when he competed in that kind of thing. But for the most part, like I'm pretty sure Tony Hawk's the whole reason we have like an extremely goofy movie too, where the whole thing is skateboarding <laughs> and skateboarding yeah. competitions. Like it was kind of, he inspired so much of the content we got. Yeah. I mean like me growing up, obviously I was heavy into skateboarding. So like I could rattle off like 30 skateboarders. Right. But you take like my parents and like the older generation, they had no idea about skateboarding, but if you said who's Tony Hawk, they knew who it was. Yeah. Like everybody knows who Tony Hawk is. And it's crazy that somebody who was just a skateboarder could like be that well known. It's insane. Like he is a bona fide celebrity. Um, I think he might be. I'm trying to think of any other well known. I guess Rob Deerdeck would be another yeah. one at this point. Um, but he's but not think, even more or less known for skateboarding now that right. he is like robin big which yeah there was a little bit of skateboarding to it but like his fantasy factory as well yeah but tony hawk is the one that propelled skateboarding into mainstream's eyes like he's the reason the x games are popular um if he doesn't show up to and dominate the first couple x games especially the first one i don't know that we still have x games now so yeah it's a very cool watch yeah i'm gonna have to give it a watch because i didn't realize it was out uh, so next up for me, I'll mention is Moon Knight. We could talk yeah. a little bit about Moon Knight Episode 2. Um, Moon Knight Episode 2 definitely answered some questions. I'm definitely not as confused. Mm-hmm. I just kind of I really like the villain. Like yeah. the villain gets like this huge set piece to kind of explain what he's doing and why. And like I kind of get it. Like this mm-hmm. is the first time in a while where the villain isn't just evil for the sake of like, oh, I've got a grudge against iron man or i've got a grudge against captain america that i need to fulfill this is like a very like i feel like this is a very organic human villain which is like a lot of the times we like laugh at those types of villains because they don't do anything like look what they did with the mandarin Mm -hmm. in iron man 3 but this one like has a sense of like eeriness to him it's kind of like oh he's kind of actually a threat to to the superhero and that kind of thing so I like overall, like I thought this episode was like, I know it's only two episodes, but I definitely like this one better than the first one, just because like now I have an idea of what's going on. Yeah, they definitely leave a lot of questions in the first one, and they do a good job of answering some. Like, I still feel like there's some stuff out there that I'm a little confused on, but like we get the gist of like, OK, I get what's going on with his suit and yeah. his other, you know, his other persona and then um, everything else going on. But yeah, I thought it was, it looked pretty. Um, and, and yeah, the villain's great. So, I mean, next week we're halfway through, but uh, I'm super excited on this show. I'm not going to say it's my favorite Marvel show they've done. I think it'll take a, a lot to unseat some other ones, but it might end up pretty high. Yeah. It's, it's off to a really good start is what yeah. we'll say. Like six episodes, it'll, it's always tough with just six episodes because Right as you feel like, you know, you're starting to get involved and like really into it. You only have an episode left. And by that point, you're just like, oh, I'm already at the finale and it's over. Like, it's almost like you blink and missed it moment type of thing. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they bring him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think that would be pretty cool. I think he'd fit well. Um, But I don't know if they have plans to do that or not. Mm. But yeah, Moon Knight. Moon Knight's good. Everybody's watching it. And I imagine, you know, we don't have to tell you to watch it. Yeah, for sure. Winning time. Winning time. Uh, another another really good episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, you go ahead and di- dive into the bits of this one. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we've been building up to actually see the Lakers play, right? And we finally get it. Um, and we're finally starting to see that redeeming quality of Kareem um, because they've done nothing but show him as just a horrible, not horrible human being, but horrible teammate for how many episodes now. And to see him at the end finally click with with magic. And uh, yeah, I thought it was very, very cool. Um, We got a little 
if you don't know the story of the Lakers, you get a little surprise at the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, it's it was I think this is the best episode they've done so far. Yeah, like for me and like this is what I want to ask you about, because like I love yep. basketball, but I don't know like this was all the stuff that they were saying, like about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like true. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, like with I, th- I he refused to play in the Olympics. Right. Um, and that kind of thing. Like I had no clue about any of that stuff. Yep. Um, and it is really cool to see, like, I kind of understand why Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is so looked up to like, yep. uh, in the NBA world and in his, and in that community for Islam culture and for, uh, and historically like how, yep. why he's so important. Like I just, I had no idea about any of this stuff and it's cause I didn't grow up like I didn't grow up with during that time. Right. So that's before all of our times. But yeah, I mean, without him doing what he did then him and like, I think of like Muhammad Ali kind of did the same thing. Yeah. Um, You don't get like the social activists we have in basketball now, like LeBron um, Mm -hmm. and everybody else who stand up for causes. Like that's what Kareem was doing then um, with Muhammad Ali. But yeah, it's uh, it's cool that they're showing all that. Yeah, and I I will say that ending too. Like I had no idea about it. Yeah. Like I was I was and distraught I, at, at like the ending there. And I will say, you know how at like the beginning they're saying like they uh exaggerate events. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's not exaggerated. <laughs> that part oh, for okay. sure is not exaggerated. That did actually happen. Um and then you'll find out in the next episode like what happens because of that. But that was not exaggerated oh wow it's insane like i really like the whole idea like i of of course i really don't care for the lakers as a basketball team but like i know how (laughs) historically important they are to basketball Mm -hmm. and i just they really make this so much fun and entertaining like it it really is just a good well-written like show it's just too bad that like i feel like it has potential for a lot of visual flair but they really love this 60s, 70s, yep. 80s film look. And you get like the burnt images in like every <laughs> corner and that kind of thing. Yep. It it has potential to like be something that's super eye candy and super like good looking. But uh, we just you don't get to have that because of like the director's vision. here. And like I get it. Yeah. But eh. I think what they could do it would be a good idea is when this is done and they inevitably release it on 4K Blu-ray give us the option to choose. Yeah. Right. Like let us watch it in 4k if we want to. And then also if you do want to watch it the way it was intended for you to be watched, put that in there as well. But I think that would be something cool they could do. Yeah. But uh showtime uh, it, it's, it's kind of funny that three of the things we watched this week were all on HBO max. Right. <laughs> and uh, I need to start venturing out into the other streaming services to watch some of the other stuff coming out, but you can't keep up with it all anymore. Like it's true. Just literally you can't. I mean, I've been going through on Disney Plus and I'm going through the Marvel shows like Daredevil, yeah. Jessica Jones. I started doing that. Um, I'll just wait till I finish all those before I kind of lump them all together. But I am watching those in like chronological order of where they would be in the show. So I'm on I've watched one season of Daredevil. I'm on the second, but I went Daredevil, Jessica Jones. Now I'm back to Daredevil. I think I go to like Luke Cage after that. But I never actually watched all of those all the way through. So that's been kind of fun, too. Good, because like. The only one I actually watched all the way through was Iron Fist. And like that was actually the worst, I think. Of I've most never of them. watched that one. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see when you get to Iron Fist. But I really should watch Daredevil. Like I hear Daredevil is amazing. Yep. Yeah. Daredevil's really good. I should be watching that. But, you know, another topic for another podcast. Yeah. As we've hit the end of the podcast here, I'd like to thank everybody for listening this far. And if you did enjoy it, please make sure to share it with your friends and review it on your podcast listening platform of choice and share it on social media. If you feel so obliged to do so, if you're interested in getting in contact with any, uh, with Craig or I, we have a Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram that we're all active on pretty often. And we also have a YouTube page. So even if you don't have a, even if you don't have a sh- podcast platform, you can listen to us on YouTube. Uh, as of now, we will be completely caught up with all of the videos. Sorry, but my editing ring, I'm trying to my best <laughs> to work with it. And it looks like I finally found a setup that I'm actually able to kind of get these out at a more consistent basis. So thank you, everybody, for kind of being patient with me in those. But 
you know, thank you for listening and we'll see you guys next time. See you later. Thank you.